You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. drinking your, your coffee uh, i'll just i just i'd like to wait for you yeah i'd like to wait for you to take does. a sip I'm like, dude right. they do that all the time they like, do they wait for you and i have the best dental hygienist she's the sweetest woman in the world but like i've got a mouth full of like metal instruments <laughs> yes. and she's like so <laughs> how's the baby doing yeah exactly how's the baby and then, they, and then, but then, like when you really want to answer them and say something, they're like put off. They're like, oh, "Let me stop what I'm doing, <laughs> yeah, so right. that you can answer this banal question." That so can um, we just get on with our lives and I get think, out of here? I think the best crossover Your ever breath is horrible, would be by the way. a dental hygienist slash cabbie, hmm. like someone who has to make conversation with oh. people. <laughs> I think that would be is uh, that like an like an all in one service? An like all in one service. So oh, like they're driving you, dude. That is a great business idea. Mm-hmm. Like if you have to go somewhere long, like you know, around here it takes thirty minutes to get across town. Sometimes, yes, that's a, 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 a dental Uber. That's how long it takes a to Duber. have your teeth cleaned. To Uber. <laughs> <laughs> the name leads to a little workshopping. <laughs> we might get the wrong people calling up. But I think, yeah, I'd like to order a Duber. <laughs> yeah, does that come with one prostitute or two? <laughs> it was like hash delivery, <laughs> oh, or that too. Duber, something nefarious. Yeah. Well, drugs and. Sex trafficking can go hand in hand, Joe. We yes, it that. does. Speaking of uh, drugs and sex trafficking, oh yeah, uh, I saw Get Out. Oh, oh God, yeah. yeah. Um, does it have to do with either of those? Not really. Uh, Loosely, there's kind of sex trafficking. Loosely, is it sex trafficking? <laughs> Fucking sex slaves. Oh, <laughs> he does keep saying He's that. Hypnotizing them and turning them into sex slaves and shit. Should we? Should we? <laughs> I love where he where he kind of as he's telling the cops, he's like, "Slaves," or I think, "Sex slaves." Sex like, he's kind of act like, <laughs> like he had to add his own thing. This like, is my personal I mean, theory. My, my theory is sex slaves. <laughs> what is? Is that a Zelda mug? That is a Zelda mug. That's fucking sweet. You like it's subtle, isn't it? Uh huh. Yeah. Like in your face. It's not. Did you been playing uh, uh, Breath of the Wild? No. Nope. Oh, it's fantastic. It's fun. Yeah, is it fun? Yeah, uh, we God. got it on the on the Wii U, and uh, I'm only like eight hours into this 100 hour game. Apparently, <laughs> it's so funny to be like, I'm only eight hours. And when you think of our video game roots, like with Super <laughs> Mario, like every game we grew up playing, other than the Legend of Zelda. And even The Legend of Zelda is like a game you could finish in an afternoon. I remember spending the night at one of my friends' house and like us beating the entire, starting from Metroid like at 8 p.m. and then finishing it at 2 a.m. Like Metroid get, is one of those that, yeah, even the first Metroid, that'll I didn't take even, some fucking time. I didn't even use the Dustin Bailey. Like, that's old school. I finally, I don't have those skills anymore. I'm getting too old. It's hard. There's so many buttons on controllers now, Joe. Well, there's, I mean, we've talked about it on the 8-Bit Gladiators mm-hmm. where uh, there's definitely a difficulty that came with those original Nintendo games that we don't have anymore. But also, the games that we play now are a lot more story-driven, mm-hmm. and the programmers want to make sure you get to see that story. Yes, which I, I appreciate. I, I appreciate too, but... I hate when, like, the best graphics of a, of an old, like, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, oh, like, God. some of the last levels of that game are fantastic, but nobody ever saw them because that game is so Couldn't fucking difficult. Couldn't get through difficult. the first half. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. Those the the goose and the ghosts and gooses and the, goals, the goose and the goblins. Whatever. The, I love that. The goose and goblins. Those games are the most difficult because uh, I was doing a thing with Jeff for Big Gladiators where I did the quest oh, and I'd yeah. go through and I'd play games I'm like, on a that quest. I'd never. I would never make it through, and so now as an adult, I'm like, man, I'm going to play through these. Now I don't care how long it takes. I try to. There, there's one that you punted there, on, right? There are a couple that say what? <laughs> there was one that that you kind of just kind of had to throw your hands up and like I can't finish this before we record this podcast. I think it was uh, Ghosts and Goblins. Fucking, it might have been one of the ones that was so frustrating was um, Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. Oh, yeah, what a what a what a bullshit game! That game is such bullshit. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's it, not fun. It's not a fun game. It's not no. like the first one. There's no. something about that first Legend of Zelda that's like, ooh, this is fun. There's a cool sense of discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried to recreate that mm-hmm. with the second one with kind of that overworld map, but it's still way too linear. Well, Joe, I think uh, when you finally get around to Breath of the Wild, you'll you'll be pleased because it, it to me, it basically feels like... the You know how Jurassic World 
was kind of like, hey, we're going to kind of ignore parts two and three, uh-huh. and we're just going to go back. And we're going to make our own shitty movie. L- no. <laughs> no, but if you look at Jurassic World, it's more of a sequel to Jurassic Park. It absolutely like it's, is. It's, it's, we're going to ignore what happened uh, in the last ten years. Yep. And, hey, let's pretend in an alternate universe those films didn't come out. What would have happened? Yeah. And, then we have and, we just, and we just went forward. That's kind of how Breath of the Wild feels. It kind of feels like, hey, Ocarina of Time. That was the last good Zelda game. Everything that came out between the—that's a controversial statement. Maybe it is kind of a controversial statement. Uh, what's weird with the the Zelda chronology? Mm-hmm. Have you do, do you know anything about it? Like, oh, oh, the, the way it kind of jumps around. It's the not way it told. jumps around. Yeah, it forks off too. Yeah. That there are two lines you fork of off. <laughs> fork off. Fork you. <laughs> uh, that there are there are two um, realities. There's yeah. there's a series of games that takes place. Uh, if the Hero of Time defeated Ganon, mm-hmm. and then a series of games that takes place if the Hero of Time was defeated by Ganon. Yeah. Like, that's really interesting to me. Yeah. And the fact that, like, for most people, and you, everybody listening to this probably knows it, but for those of you that might not, like, the first Zelda and Zelda to the Adventure of Link, for the longest time, were the final games in the chronology. That's right, yeah. Like, everything else has been a prequel, something that's taken place before it. Yeah, Wind Waker. It's just like... kind of like... Um, this never-ending cycle of the hero of time uh, being born again and like to defeat the evil. It's like Neo in the yeah, Matrix. It's pretty cool. This is the sixth time. So my, I suspect mm-hmm. that Breath of Wild is supposed to finally be the sequel of the adventure. It is. Life. It's like a hundred. They tell you in the, in the opening school. Oh, it's do they? A hundred years past uh, the last. I don't know that they. They don't specify, but I think that's the theory. I guess I got to get through the game to find out. But it specifically okay. says Link has been asleep for a hundred. That's. Years. I mean, that would be really fucking cool. It'd be it nice to see things kind of get back on track. Did you know that one of the uh, the tech demos, the working demos for Breath of Wild, was an eight bit game? Eight bit game. Yeah, I saw some of that. That's I clever. Hope they were. I hope they release that man. They should, shouldn't they? they? Really? Because I was looking at clips of that. Like, wow, they went through a lot of trouble to like update the graphics. Uh huh. Uh, I feel like if you're going to publicize that something like yeah, that exists, yeah, they're setting you're it up. gonna release. Well, it. they've already teased that there's going to be DLC coming, so uh, uh-huh. look look for that yeah. in the holiday season of hey guys. 2017. So thanks for listening. Uh, it's Bay Gladiators <laughs> on the Next Wave Radio Network. This is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies, sometimes they're bad movies. No matter what the case, we will watch a movie uh, every week and then tear it apart and uh, talk about it with uh, each other and with you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners. We invite you to take part in the discussion. Go to Facebook, type in the Editing Bay that's going to bring up an image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that, and that's where you could join us. Tell us what you think about our movie of the week, or if there's anything that you'd like for us to talk about in the future. Uh, we love your suggestions, so keep on sending those over to us. Um, so not too long ago, mm. we watched a movie starring Sylvester Stallone diddly, 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 based diddly. on uh, Judge Dredd. Yeah. And it was called Judge Dredd. <laughs> really? no Took some liberties there, there with the uh, <laughs> titling of that one. Didn't they? they didn't take any liberties with the title, but they definitely took a lot of liberties with how they transitioned the source material yeah, onto the screen. I, listeners, go back and listen to that episode. It's a nice precursor to this one because uh, there's going to be a lot of a lot of comparisons, I think, going yeah. back and forth. But uh, yeah, that one they really tried to cram like the entire world, the whole story. They're like, well, we've got to see everything in Dread and in this. And the, and the thing about Dread is that he it was a serialized comic. Like it was, yeah. it was one of those like. I, guys, if you've ever seen like the heavy metal magazine, I was just going to say, yeah, wasn't there, it part of heavy metal? Or? Like, there's, there's, well, it was part of 2000 AD, which that was, was a the British version of kind of like heavy metal. Yeah. Um, and so it was like these serialized comics. It would be like two, three pages of a comic story, mm-hmm. and then like another, another story afterwards. It was like you know. Uh, it's like reading the uh, Sunday funnies. It, exactly. You I read just your can't Calvin remember. and Hobbs, and then you read your. Uh, what, who was the drunk? <laughs> Crankshaft? No. <laughs> no, the, the... Ziggy? It was like the guy, you never saw his eyes, you just had a... Andy Cap. Andy Cap. Yeah, he was always at the bar, and he had a <laughs> had a bitch of a wife, apparently. Uh, yeah. yeah. Dagwood. Dagwood! There you go. Uh, so, no, it was... Garfield. I can't remember any of the other 2001 or 2080 titles, <laughs> but there was definitely Dread, and that's where he got his start, and you've had a lot of great comic book and sci-fi writers that have had their hand in Dread, like Garth Ennis, Bleh. who gave us one of the best Punisher runs, hmm. uh, and also was the creator of Preacher, which oh, I love Preacher. there's now the AMC show. Uh, Garth Ennis spent a lot of time because he's Irish, and a lot of you know British and Irish writers get their start with 2000 AD. Uh, he wrote some great Judge Dredd stories. Uh, so yeah, so that's uh, that's what we've got today. This was a uh, a remake that came out in what, tw- 2012, 2013. I think it was 2012. Mm-hmm. Pull up the Imdb here. Imdb. Imdb. 
Wait for it. I love it. Oh, Look dude, you that. see the new uh, the, the new Thor, Thor trailer? You mean the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailer? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you. It does have that feel, doesn't it? I can't believe it's taken them that long to slow-mo. use the immigrant song for a Thor trailer. That's a good point. You know, it's, yeah. the whole thing is about like Norse mythology. And well, they had to wait for that trend to come around. That's the trend nowadays we've it spoken is. about before in trailers. You, you pick a song, you find somebody who did a cool cover of it. Yeah. Although in this one, they this were using one's the original, the actual Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, it's the actual Zeppelin cover. The I almost call Zeppelin. it a cover. <laughs> they covered their <laughs> own song. Uh, 2012. 2012. Uh, 135 minutes. And uh, Joe, a rated R. <laughs> yeah you know what's funny when oh, when deadpool God. came out and people were like finally a rated r comic book movie i'm like bitch yeah have you ever seen blade i would or not have said Dread? that <laughs> or <laughs> and, and i feel so like much. i said the same thing uh yeah I, I i was one of those people when deadpool came out I was like whoa this is one of the bloodiest not since sin city had i seen like a comic book a rated r film yeah and then logan i felt like kind of upped the ante a little bit there that is a super hyper violent film uh, so I thought we've kind of been on this upward trajectory, but Joe, not knowing, then back in 2012, all of this was already covered in, in Dread. In Dread. Dude, this is a fucking graphically intensely violent film. Yeah. To the point where like Jenna and I, and, and she's no, she's no spring chicken. Like she, she loves kind of, well, she loves Walking Dead. Yeah. Like I can't watch that yeah, show. Yeah. Whenever we finish recording, I walk out into the living room That's and right. she's finishing up an episode. I have to, I have to get up and walk away from that show because I, I can't handle it. Uh-huh. Uh, and she was cringing. At parts of Dread, yeah. and this is the first thirty minutes. The first, oh yeah, act. when they're when they're taking, they're doing the drugs and stuff. Yeah, what's cool? This movie looked gorgeous in three D. It looked when you yes. saw it in the theater. I, I, it was so great. I can imagine that too, especially with all the slow mo that they've done. Uh huh. How that looks in three D. It was it alas, was nice. I was watching it in two dimensional. It's seven twenty. It still HD. doesn't look bad in standard definition. It looks amazing, 2D. dude. The, the cinematography in this film is beautiful. Yeah, like we're looking at still shots here, and just everyone is everyone is a painting. Yeah, every one of them deserves to be like on a wall. Mm-hmm. It, it's really nice. So Except maybe that one of him scowling, doing his, uh, <laughs> which is what which is what Dread does. It, yeah, I guess. Uh huh. Okay, so going back to the Sly Stallone version, it was very controversial that he actually showed his face. He showed his face in the comic. That was he never Dredd did. Dread never that. takes his fucking helmet off. Yeah. No. So fans were pissed off and uh, audiences were indifferent. Uh-huh. Who did not know? <laughs> yeah, they were like, "What? Well, we've seen him before. It's we Stallone. know what it looks like." In fact, putting the helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> May have been an improvement on that, on that film. So, yeah. No, Carl but, Urban, who mm. plays Dredd in this movie, uh, who is a fan of Dredd himself. Oh, was he? And feel, he felt like, no, I shouldn't be taking the mask off. This is the way Dredd is supposed to be. So you get that Hollywoody bit at the very beginning as he's getting outfitted out, but you still don't really see his face. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, he never takes his fucking mask off this entire movie. And he how do you feel about take that? The off. Versus the Sly Stallone version. I think it's great. Okay. I think it's I think it's true to form to the comic. It's what the character is, and dread dread doesn't really change. Like he in this movie, he has a little bit of a shift, but that's kind of why dread doesn't take his helmet off. Like even in the comics, and I think we talked about this in the Stallone uh, episode, where the reason why he doesn't take off his mask is because dread is always the constant. It's the world yeah. that he changes around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. Yeah, th- there's a line uh, in the film to that uh, extent as well. Yeah, uh, and so that's I was fine with it. What did What did you think? Were you not? Well, um, so here's what I'll say. It it helps it helps to see somebody's face, to see somebody's eyes. We know that in film. That's how the you know the eyes are the windows to the soul, right? Uh-huh. Is that what they say? And so that's how you connect with characters. Were this film, were Dread, the 2012 Dread version about that character? I could see it being a real hindrance. Mm-hmm. The good news is this it's- film. He's not the main character of this film. It's Anderson. It it absolutely is. She's the one on the journey. She goes through the change. We see everything through her eyes. Uh Uh-huh. And And she definitely changes from the beginning to the end. She absolutely does. (laughs) Uh, So Dredd doesn't need to. Dredd is just uh, the... uh, He's the Willy Wonka. He's the Willy Wonka. He's the Jiminy Cricket. There you go. With... Uh, violent tendencies <laughs> <laughs> who just indiscriminately shoots people in slow motion in the in the face and other assorted <laughs> the, killings. Like the stomach and stuff. Good Dude, that God. one shot where you see the bullet go in like the guy's face. There's a couple of them like that. And where out. The, oh or, or there's one where just like the guy's head just gets obliterated from the left side. What, what about the, in slow motion when he uh, when he's the first pursuit and he chases the guy into the block the first time mm-hmm. and uh, he's like. I hear you, hot shot. And he's like, what'd you say? Hot shot. Poof. Shoots him. And the du- 
like a flare in the guy's face. Yeah. I, it just melts it from the inside out. I don't out. understand how tactically that was the smartest way to go. Uh, it seemed like it was a setting on his gun that was almost like uh, like it was designed to do that, right? Yeah. It's almost like... Yeah, that's it's well, it's like in the, the Stallone version where they the very beginning when they're in the block war and he's saying stuff like rapid fire, right. double whammy. Talks to the... What do they call to, it? The lawgiver? Isn't yeah. that the name of the, yeah, the yeah, gun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's the lawgiver. Yeah. Um, and then like the, the law... The law bringer is the the, the motorcycle. The motorcycle, something like that. Yeah, the yeah. law, the law writer, the law. This <laughs> when you graduate. <laughs> so, uh, so I guess the the question I think that's on everybody's mind. The Joel, question, Raymond, <laughs> is: Do you which, want to die? Which uh, Fight Club? Which version did you prefer? Uh, oh, well, hands down, Joe. Uh, it's did not I even... steer you wrong when I was like, this one's fantastic? It, well, here's the, well, if we're comparing the two films, I will say that, yes, this one is far superior. It's far more watchable, enjoyable. Um, you've really got to be able to get past the ultra-violence in this film, but uh, I think I've seen enough Logans and Deadpools to prepare me for this. Uh, just know that going in, because like I said, Jenna didn't... <laughs> she, had to, she had to tune out half hour in. Oh, no. Yep. Uh, which which is okay. I think ultimately she may not have enjoyed this film. Uh, and and while well, this isn't about Jenna. Well, no, it's not. Film? While I enjoyed this film, Joe. While I, 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 there are many things to applaud about it, which we'll get to. Um, I don't think I liked it as much as you did. Yeah. And I, I, a lot of that has to do with. Well, you and I just saw a film in theaters over the weekend. Yes. We're not doing it on this podcast, but I think it's Jermaine now. I'm kind of glad we Jermaine, saw that it's, in It advance. is Jermaine Jackson. It's Jermaine Jackson, because uh, <laughs> we saw Ghost in the Shell. We saw the 2017 ScarJo Ghost in the Shell, the uh-huh. controversial Ghost in the Shell. Which I completely forgot that I had seen until oh. you started your lead-in on this. And I was like, because when, when I showed up, you're like, oh, we got plenty to talk about. We got yeah. some movies to talk about. Yes, and I was like, oh, yeah, we'll talk about Get Out. You totally uh, forgot. <laughs> So you were starting this lead up. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, we did watch that. <laughs> Ghost in the Shell, which um, you did not enjoy. And in fact, I think maybe seven eighths of the people who were with this did not enjoy. <laughs> um, but I, but I, I, well, okay. So here's the comparison I'm making between this and Dread. Uh-huh. Dread wasn't really uh, nearly as ambitious from a, a thematic standpoint. Uh-huh. This is basically Die Hard in the future. Right, it's Escape from New York or in a building. Even better, Escape. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but ultimately, it's a story. Of, it, it, it's it, just like any other cop procedural. It's uh, it's um, you know, like Bad Boys. There's a big drug dealer that has to be taken down, and this duo is going to do it. Now, yeah. you know, of course, the setting and the execution is is much better than than Bad Boys. Sure. Um, but I don't feel like it was trying too much to be anything else other than that. Do you, Joe? Do you feel like there's a there's a I don't think another message, another no, theme I really don't think that it's exploring? No. Which is fine. Not, not every film has to be fucking Casablanca or uh, you know, Inception. But uh I will at least give Ghost in the Shell, and this is where I'm where I'm uh, comparing and contrasting. Okay. Cool. Ghost in the Shell was at least trying to be ambitious and trying to had some themes and ideas that while today may seem dated back when, when the original came out, not were, were pretty No, it was pretty novel at the time when the yeah. anime first came out. Yeah, and inspired. But you unfortunately know, the Matrix so and... many stories that are just like it have been seen since then. Yeah. And so now we see this live action version and we're like eh, But still we've kind of seen this story. But I still like that world, I still love the execution. I like the themes that it's playing about. And, you know, we're we're entering this world, Joe, where uh, you know the singularity is approaching and we're all gonna have chips in our heads. My favorite ghost in the shell movie was Blade Runner. That's, <laughs> yes. That is the best ghost in the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, very similar, but yeah. but still kind of different because even even Blade Runner doesn't really go into the ideas of of your your brain being hacked and all of humanity. No, kind of it being doesn't. It doesn't part go of into that. Network and what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'm gonna. It explores think, more the humanity, the soul within. Yes, you know, the ghost. Do, do electric sheep dream? Dream of wait. No, do robots do, dream, dream of, of electric, electric sheep. sheep. There you go. Nailed it. Got it. <laughs> First try. So yeah, so uh, so Dread is fantastic in its own right, um, but I, for me, I don't think I can elevate it much higher than just like a popcorn action flick that happens to be really well done uh-huh. uh, and extremely violent. Oh, I absolutely agree. I don't think it, is, it, it aspired to be anything more than that. It's a very simple concept mm-hmm. of like, you know, they're in there, they, they're about to bring a witness out, but this, this drug lord... Uh, Mama, mm-hmm. played by oh, uh, God. Lena, uh, Headley. Lena Headley, so fantastic. She doesn't want the you know she don't want this dude to rat on her, which is really weird when you have an army at your disposal already in like this block. I kind of feel like if you're already willing to like kill some judges, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> maybe it doesn't maybe, matter so much that matter. somebody's gonna yeah, have some info it on you. Doesn't every, gonna snitch. Everybody already seems to know. Like, it, it, there's 200 levels in this Mega City One that they're all living in. Uh-huh. Um, everybody already kind of knows she runs the roost, right? Yeah. So, like, what's this? What's the big secret that this one guy has? Right. Yeah. For for me, that's the weakest part of the plot. Like the kind of the catalyst. Um, like they were trying to find something intelligent, mm-hmm. and I don't think it. I don't think it reads as intelligent as they wanted it to. Yeah. Uh, that's. Honestly, <laughs> from a narrative standpoint, that's the only problem I have with this movie. All right. Yeah. Other than that, like it's it's go time. Like I compare yes. something like this to Die Hard or to Escape from New York. The reason why doesn't matter doesn't really matter in the long run. It's just the trip you're about to go on. Yeah. They just oh, they just need to get you in in on the roller coaster, mm-hmm. and then you're going to enjoy the ride. And it is a great. And I'm glad that they um, because when I saw the trailers, I got the impression that. The whole, oh, we're stuck in the building, it's on lockdown, and you have to make your way up, and everybody's trying to kill you. I'm put, basically putting a mark on your head. Um, I thought that was going to be like a third act climax. Yeah. No, that's the premise of the that's, movie. That's the first five that minutes they lay of the out. Movie. Yeah, exactly. It's like we, we introduced the characters, we've got this little 21-year-old uh, judge uh, uh-huh. recruit who is psychic, yeah. I guess. Yeah, Judge Anderson. Which, was that in the comics as yes, well? Yes, it was, yeah. That, that people... And it, what's Devops. funny is that in the uh, in 2000 AD in the Dread comics, he um, he did partner up with Anderson way more than he partnered up with Judge Hershey. Mm. Like, oh. I, I don't know why they used Hershey in the Stallone movie, mm. uh, but but yeah, no, I'm I'm glad that they went with Anderson with this. But the thing is, also like the Psychor usually operate out outside independently of the regular judges, mm-hmm. so. They definitely put her in this to be the sympathetic character that people can identify with. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like Dread would usually work solo. Uh, so it's it's fun. You, you go into these movies, and it's kind of interesting to see how they're going to try to play up a dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought they did well with this. Oh, I they're that, great together. I thought that they, they, they managed to kind of... They managed to have a cool, like, Joseph Campbell, like, mm-hmm. he is the, the teacher, she's the student. Right. Uh, and it didn't come across too like heavy handed, um, and I I liked it. I liked the the little the little shift that we got from Dread, where at the very beginning he's kind of laying out, you know, if you have your weapon taken from you, you automatic fail. Mm-hmm. If you fail to to act, you know, automatic fail. Uh, and he kind of goes through that whole thing, and then when she comes back, and and helps him <laughs> wreak havoc yeah. on the final like ten twenty floors of that fucking building. Oof. Uh, it was nice to see that comeuppance at the end, yeah. you know, to see her, to see her get her due. What would you think of her, that actress? I liked her a lot. She's really good. Uh, I haven't seen her in too many other things. I remember her as the best friend from Juno. Oh, really? That was the, the last thing I'd seen her in. The last thing I saw her in was this movie with uh, Josh Gad and Kevin Hart. Josh uh, Gad. And I can't remember what it was called now. Was it No Strings Attached? No, it wasn't No Strings Attached. It was Josh Gad is like... Getting married and Kevin Hart oh, plays his. Uh, yeah. He hires him to be his best man because he has no friends. And what is she? The uh, she's the, the wedding ringer. The there wedding right ringer. There. Yeah. Yeah. She's the uh, the bride's sister. Oh uh, uh, yeah, that seems like the role that she would play. Yeah. But I thought she was really good in this. She was. Uh, she was fantastic. She was even good in the wedding ringer. But she's a really good actress. Uh, I liked her in Juno as well. Uh, I, I, w- I was afraid that she was going to be a little a little soft. I, I, I first saw her and I was like, oh, did they just hire a pretty face? Are we they getting sure? She did not. Are she's... we getting like a Megan Fox in this action movie? Yeah. Or is this going to be a Jonah Hex? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, th- I think that she she plays a lot of uh, a lot of depth in this movie. Yeah, and... that whole scene where so they've kidnapped the one guy and he's the uh-huh. witness that they're they're trying to uh, K uh, esco uh, yeah escort out K is his name. Spelled K A Y, like the jeweler. Um, do they have K's every jewelers? kiss begins with K? <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, not That's in this right, case. Bitch. Yeah, not in this case. He is menacing, <laughs> and uh, because she's psychic, he learns this, and uh, he kind of starts playing little mind games with her and starts thinking about things. Yeah, actually, thinks starts thinking about like violating her, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, you know, he's trying to shock her." Uh huh. Um, and that kind of comes back around, and she uh, she she turns that around on him later. Uh huh. But I thought that whole dynamic between her and him it was cool was really kind of tense because. You know, there's the there's the uh, running from bullets and uh, you know, the whole maelstrom that, uh-huh. that's going on around them. There's that, but then there's also this kind of psychological and I and I feel conflict. like it's very easy in the course of a movie like this to become desensitized mm-hmm. to like I'm running from bullets and I'm I don't want to get shot. And but when you start seeing kind of the psychological games that are being played, yeah. it's it it adds a level of creepiness to and it. And then especially when she does kind of get kidnapped at the end, you're like, oh shit, oh shit. Because we've already seen what everybody is capable of, uh-huh. and here's this little doe-eyed twenty-one-year-old yeah. 
And I'm like, she is not going to, this is not going to end well end for well. her. No. Uh, but luckily she makes that. Okay. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. She, she survives. No, but a lot of people do not, Joe, in this film. No. Hell and, of a body And count. like you said, some people go in gruesome ways. Like, like I mean, there, there are some horrible ways that people go in this movie. And I, I think a lot of them made much more gruesome because of this slow-mo. Okay, so I want to know what's going on here. Somebody who works in film yes. a lot more like regularly than I do. Yeah, um somewhat. what what is this effect? Are they speeding things up and then slowing it down? No. There's such a a a crisp fluidity to yeah, it. Yeah, they're using it it's a, it's a little modern technology at work. There's these cameras that uh, shoot at super high speed like uh, like a thousand frames a second. Uh-huh. And uh, I think there was like a Metallica video a few years back that that uh, first came out and that's kind of where it was introduced and people kind of freaked out. It was like, "Oh, wow, we can we can use this in, in visual storytelling. Oh, it's not just for watching things explode. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they're actually filming it that way. They're super over-cranking the film. And then when you play it back, so that's why everything's crisp. And they're not using any digital imagery to like, fill in frames. Sure. Um, so so but, we're, we're seeing all that, and it's getting slowed down. Mm-hmm. What, what amazes me is that crisp imagery, mm-hmm. and then with very realistic like violence that's going on. <laughs> yes. like, the visual effects that they're layering on top of it yeah. uh, is super impressive to me. Just like bullets going through cheeks. Uh-huh. And uh, there's that one shot where uh, Dredd kind of rolls a, uh, a grenade yeah. in the middle of this of this room. Uh-huh. And you see the concussion. And there's a guy with his shirt off. Yes. And you see his stomach just kind of like almost implode. As uh-huh. the, you know, when you, whenever you see... Um, it like ripples you, you as your... the force is throwing him across the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, re- yeah, really impressive uh, visual effects in yeah. this film. Uh, so, an effective bit of storytelling. It was kind of like the gimmick of this movie was that effect of the drug. Yeah, uh, which we got to see, which like supposedly slows your brain down to, or it slows it. It gives the appearance of time slowing to like one percent. And so, L- Lena Headley, mm-hmm. Mama, Mama, is, when they finally make it to the top of this fucking building, uh, when Dread is able to recover. He gets back to with Anderson, you know, mm-hmm. they've, they've kind of teamed back up because because um, they end up getting separated. Like you said, Anderson gets kidnapped. Yeah, by she, Kay. Get, she gets taken. And then meanwhile, there's this whole other uh, there's this posse of uh, judges that show up that uh, you think are, are good judges. And then it turns out they're they're actually guns for hire. Yeah. Mama has, uh, has a little side deal going on with them. They want her. She wants them to uh, to take dread down. Yeah. So uh, there's this whole. Oh, are they going to know that uh, they're actually after him? And uh-huh. uh, a couple of close calls, but uh, it's the uh, it's the John Amos <laughs> yeah, yeah. crew from Die Hard too. It's That's exactly it's what the, it is. The other crew comes in, and we're like, "Oh, okay, good. They're here to help." Nope, no, no, no. They're they're here to uh, to exterminate. So yeah, so she's kidnapped, and uh, she there's a very clever thing that she does early on with uh, the the lawgiver, right? Because it kind of uh-huh. set up early on that. It's it's matched to their DNA. Sure, like only the the judge can fire that firearm. Right, but not everybody knows that, and so she puts the image in when 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 Kay is like reading her mind earlier and trying to kind of like mind fuck her. She imagines him going for her gun. Yeah, um, and kind of puts plants that in his brain. So like later on, he's got it. He's going to take her out with it, and he tries to pull the trigger, and his fucking his whole fucking arm explodes. That's what happens, man. Yeah. That's right, and they explore that in the Stallone movie too. Yes, they did, but uh, not as gorily. <laughs> it's definitely not as not as gorily. Gorily is that a word? Yeah, it is now. Gorily, 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 gorily. Life is but a dream. Row, row, actually, row, life row. is but a nightmare in Man, this film. There are some images in this film, Joe, that I will that will stay with me forever. There are some things that even not even the the violence, like that people are getting shot and stuff, but mm-hmm. some of the things that Kay is throwing into Anderson's brain, like yes. is like really disturbing, dark and stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, like he's raping her. And, yeah, uh, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just what it alludes to is like that she's going to end up getting just kind of like lost in that building, like. They're going to take out Dread, and she's just going to get passed the fuck around. Yeah. And it's terrifying. That, and I'll tell you something else, Joe, if we want to talk about psychological terror. Because a couple of people go out by being thrown down this 200-story well, building. That, that's where I was going. That's yeah. where I was going earlier, talking about the, the, the effects and stuff. And yeah. Um, Lena Headley gets thrown over the side. Yeah. So, uh, spoiler alert, our villain doesn't make it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I do like that scene, because she's, she's threatening him. She's, she's hardwired her heartbeat to uh, a bomb she says the, the the top 50 stories of this building or or, or this story uh is is rigged with so much explosive it'll take out the top 50 stories and then the whole building sure and uh so she's got her arm up and dredge says something like uh what do you think the range on that uh, thing is 
<laughs> like, <laughs> with all the concrete around here, probably uh, probably not more and than 50. The, and uh, the thing is, they set that up earlier where yeah. they can't get any communication. They can't get any That's comms right. out. Yeah, so, so he knows. Uh-huh. So he takes a big risk, Joe, by uh, just picking her up, tossing out a glass window into like the middle atrium of this building. Uh, and but beforehand, uh, he gives her a little comeuppance, yeah, uh, and does what she did to the three uh, the three narcs earlier on. Uh-huh. Gives him a little bit of a little hit of slow mo yes. before going down. So uh, poor poor Lena Headley goes two hundred stories in Sarah Connor in slow mo, just kind of <laughs> contemplating the inevitable. Oh my god! Yeah, and and like we stay on that for a while. We we see. I, I do. It's it's art. Artfully done. Uh-huh. Uh huh. When we see impact finally happen, because they don't they don't make you they don't th- that if there's one complaint I have about this film, it is a little bit in love with that effect. With that effect, it it it's not so I much that they're like, using it; it's that they linger on those shots a little longer than they need I to. Feel sometimes. like someone was in the editing bay going, "Yeah, we oh, the editing bay, yeah." <laughs> Have you heard of it? It's a great podcast. Uh, I felt like somebody was like, "Man, we've spent this much money on this these cameras. These cameras, yeah. We are fucking using this footage. Yep. It's like when, so, you know, when they agree. when they film parts of movies in IMAX. We're like, we're just gonna we're just gonna film a third of the next Batman movie. Is- <laughs> the Dark Knight. Yeah. I remember everybody lost their shit. They're like, we gotta go see IMAX, dude. The fucking new Chris Nolan movie. Uh, what's it called? Oh, the, the uh, yeah. The, the, is there a trailer the, out for the, now? Dude, is there a trailer? Before I saw Kong, they showed uh, like a 10-minute scene. What? From the movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't and, know it was that close to coming out. And here's the problem with doing something like that, guys. Oh, no. I suddenly am not enthusiastic about seeing this movie. Oh, no. You didn't it, like the 10 minutes? I did not like the 10 minutes. 10 minutes is a lot for it's you to not show all of the movie. time, man. Why, why did they see? Because they thought it worked with the Batman movies. Yeah. And the thing is, there's no Batman in this. It's like called Dun- <laughs> Dunkirk or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's right. It's like a World War II uh-huh. time travel thing what no? what time travel maybe not all right maybe if I'm, there's time travel i'm totally on board maybe i'm i'm crossing my, my tom, films tom hardy's in it of course yeah. he's in all of chris nolan's <laughs> movies when leo is busy yeah that's right <laughs> that's uh that's the name of my new book when, when leo is busy when leo is busy <laughs> uh yeah so i don't know why i started talking about dunkirk <laughs> oh no the imax thing yeah so yeah i i just i i feel like we need to kind of slow down with that with the you know, we filmed this in IMAX, so now you've got to see it in IMAX, mm-hmm. and it's a completely different movie from what you see in a regular theater. Right. But I did it's appreciate that that final shot uh, of her making impact with the ground. I appreciate you mean you were beating off that, that's furiously. Right. Yeah, I tried to time it so that when impact happened, <laughs> it would climax. Why, you took some slow-mo? <laughs> I wish. Dude, sex would be awesome on slow-mo. On slow-mo? That's the thing. I start, That was my takeaway from this film. I started thinking about all the things that you could that do, you would on do on slow-mo. slow-mo? Yeah. Sex, like don't you, don't, zip lining. Don't you think? Man. <laughs> You'd just be up there forever, like, be like flying. <laughs> it'd be awesome. It'd be like the speaking of Inception. It'd be like that fucking van falling. I get so Inception. I would get so bored. I'd be like, "Is this not done yet? <laughs> Why are we not done yet? Why is this taking forever?" Slumber. But yeah, as her uh, as her face, they they shoot it from the POV of the pavement. Yes. So she's coming towards the camera. Yeah, and then you kind of uh, just see her her head. <laughs> Make impact and Burst. blood. Yeah, pretty and much. she turns into coins. <laughs> Seven thousand <laughs> points. Points. It's a cool movie. Uh, I think, especially after seeing Judge Dredd, that's it's why I wanted you to see it like fairly soon after seeing the Stallone version. No, I, I'm glad that you did because I wanted. Yeah, I wanted you to be able to kind of have that comparison. Yeah, they're both fresh in my mind, and this is clearly a superior film. Well, thank you. That's what I thought. <laughs> you were right. Um, Still, uh, I might want to watch Ghost in the Shell again before watching Dread again. That's cool. You can see Ghost in the Shell again. I don't know that I I'm just saying, if, I, that, if, you, you if right money. now you made me choose, uh, there's less cringeworthy stuff in... Uh, well, actually, is there? <laughs> there's some you pretty mean, cringe... There's, there's some the acting. acting. <laughs> <laughs> the, the acting is pretty cringeworthy. Juliet Binoche in Ghost in the Shell. The Binoche in the Shell. <laughs> <laughs> What did you uh, What did you think about her? To I switch thought gears she, to that she was movie. pretty forgettable. Yeah, yeah, um, she's pretty forgettable. I don't know why you're getting a name like Juliette Binoche. Is she a name? It, to who? I mean, she was Oscar nominated. Juliette Binoche. I know it, it seems odd casting. In the first couple of scenes she was on screen, I was like, "Ooh, this isn't." There weren't a lot of happening. like. There weren't a lot of Asians playing key roles in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I, and I mean that's that is the biggest complaint, right? That's the controversy, but uh, controversy, which I don't mind. I didn't really mind much. It's just. I don't know. It, it kind of made it hard for me to base this movie in any one place. You know what I'm saying? Well, and I get that it's the future. It's the future, right? 
It's the future. <laughs> it's a global world. Uh, a global world. <laughs> that sounds redundant, actually. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I I feel like if you're going to have Scarlett Johansson wearing like skin-tight stuff, yeah. just have her nude. Just have her running I, around I nude. I feel like uh, she practically was nude. <laughs> I feel like I know what her she looks like naked now. She... um. She she kept falling off of buildings. Like she kept throwing herself off of buildings. Seemed highly and unnecessary. Somehow, somehow, through some weird physics, is able to bust through the window yeah, we, of we, the building that she's jumping. They off always of. cut away right before we see, and then the next thing you know, <laughs> she she's makes coming in sideways. Invisible. And that's, yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, look, mm. it was what I was expecting it to be. Yeah, me too. I, uh, but I, it looks like it sounds like you and I though were on two different spectrums oh. <laughs> of what we thought it was going. I to I expected be. to be a a fairly um, uh, faithful adaptation. Yeah, and, and I know thematically there's some things that maybe weren't, but I think it took enough of it and tried to make it its own without being like a one for one translation of the old anime. Sure, or manga, as I've been corrected several Man- times. Manga. Oh God, you're going to correct me too. Well, because Japanese vowels only have one pronunciation. Okay, good call. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm, gl- is, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> this is Trump's America, Joe. I only recognize one. Joel, it's pronounced Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so dread. So dread. 2012 dread. Uh, I, no, I highly recommend. Uh, beautiful to look at, but uh, gory as fuck. There's, there's not really a whole lot. Like, like I said, other than you know, and, and that's subjective. You know, if it's gory. You know what's gory to you? I'm fine with it. Yeah. I'm cool. It's definitely not the kind of movie I can watch with Sarah. She, oh, she's, no. she would not dig some of the shit that's going on in this movie. I thought you were going to say it with Harper, but no, yeah, no, Harper, I can't watch it with her either. <laughs> Probably uh, a good idea. But, but I, I like it. I think that the, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hyper. You know what? I say that I can't watch it with, uh, with Sarah. But Sarah really loved Deadpool, and Deadpool is a violent ass movie. But, but it's the comedy that kind of breaks it up and makes. It's, and there is not that. No, in there this. are no laughs in this film. <laughs> exactly zero. But not a whole lot of laughs to be had but there don't have to be and that's not the story it was trying to tell i mean you had a few a few moments that seemed kind of like was that supposed to be funny you know the where f- the guy's head you know burned from the inside oh no i don't think that one was <laughs> although you know there is a little bit of dark comedy to be had with the the Domhnall gleason character oh um, yeah he's like the computer nerd that is working for for mama which would, I love the name Mama too, and they they said it up early because her name was like what Marilyn Madrigal or something. Yeah, and they shortened it to Mama, and that just sounds like a gangster name. I love it. Um, but uh, this poor guy, this poor Domhnall Gleeson, who who his high it made eyes... me feel like Vicky Lawrence should have played the villain in this movie. <laughs> Vicky Lawrence, oh from uh, Mama's Family. From Mama's Family. <laughs> <laughs> Carol Burnett would be uh... <laughs> Carol Burnett, or just somebody wearing like doilies and shit, and like her hair up. Uh, What's his name? Cor- Cor- I want you to hunt down Dread. Corman is, uh, is yeah, is Dread. Yeah, Harvey Corman. Harvey Corman. Thank you. Not Roger Corman. No, that would have been completely different show. <laughs> completely different. But I like the Domhnall Gleeson character. His eyes have been gouged out. We see in a flashback earlier <laughs> by a Mama when when I guess he didn't he didn't perform too well. Yeah. So he's got that uh, he's got that scar. Uh, and then <laughs> there are a couple of scenes where he he really does save the day. Like he uh-huh. totally saves her ass. There's the guards that he's having to talk on the intercom about why they've been shut down. Oh, it's just a drill. <laughs> he's like, God damn it! I put in this request, and you yeah. can tell like she's threatening to, to yeah. do something. All she, she's, she, all she's doing is like looking at him, like glaring at him as he's on the the, the headphone, uh-huh. trying to uh, convince them to to what is it to 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 do this test, right? Sure. Of the to shut the shut the whole building down uh-huh. from the outside. Uh, and it is tense. And then later on, he's basically having to do the same thing again. And she's got a knife like to his belly. His shirt is pulled yes. up. She's got his arm around him. Uh-huh. Just listening to this conversation. And he's so he's doing such a good job of just like <laughs> freaking the fuck out because uh, he knows what would happen. She's giving him proper motivation. Yeah. So let's talk works. about let's talk about the performances a little bit more. Okay. Because um, we talked about Olivia Thrillby. As, as Judge Anderson, she was really good. Uh, we both lo- thought Lena Headley did a fantastic. Job. I love. I've loved her ever She's, since Sarah Connor. She she takes what generally. I don't even want to say what. If I'm sure, if you looked at this script, there really isn't a whole lot to work with. No, she didn't have a whole lot, and she did a fantastic job with what she had. Mm-hmm. It's rough. It's rough, kind of being that that character in the tower that doesn't really interact with anybody. Yeah. until like the final fucking You're the final bit of boss. The movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's it's tough to kind of to carry that weight to have that 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 threatening presence mm-hmm. even though she's nowhere near them and she manages to pull that off through this movie. Carl Urban. Yeah. What did you think of Carl Urban? I mean 
I felt like that could have been anybody in that mask. Is it because he never took off the helmet, or do you think it's just the way he played it? I think it's, I mean, it's it's Batman. As long as you're doing the voice and you're going through the motions and you have this scowl on your face, um, that... I don't want to say it could have been played by anybody because he, but he wasn't we've seen Stallone do it. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't asked, being asked to do much more than play this straight mm-hmm. killer, right? Uh, I have just a very small issue with Carl Urban's performance in this movie. Okay, uh, I thought that he did the character justice, mm-hmm. um, but he wasn't consistent with the voice. Oh yeah, yeah, he wasn't consistent because sometimes we'd have like. I'm Dread. Right. And he'd have that voice. That's Dread's voice. Mm-hmm. And when he was doing that, that was awesome. But every once in a while, like even in the very beginning when he's on the motorcycle, he's like, Central, I'm following after these guys. Like oh. he would kind of use just like a more full voice. Mm. And I'm I'm sorry, like you don't get though. to turn it on and turn it off. Like that's It's when he has to project huh? dr- yeah, exactly. When he has to have volume. Uh-huh. Mm. And and so he would change it. I'm sorry. Like that Dread doesn't talk like this because he's trying <laughs> to be intimidating. That's who he is. Harvey like, Firestein th- is Dread. <laughs> I'm Judge Dread. <laughs> <laughs> I better go call Mother. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, no, I, I liked Carl Urban. I think that there are very few people because he has a look that's very similar to Dread in, in the books, mm-hmm. and I think that he had a great physical presence for the role. I just wish that someone had had stayed on him to be consistent with the voice. All right, and that's very nitpicky. That criticism. is very nitpicky. Again, like he, he he doesn't have he's kind of a one dimensional character, which yeah. is fine. That's what you need, but but that leads me to believe, or, or to ask the question, like if they were to sequelize this, because that was the intention, right? We're going to make this one. It's going to be a huge hit. Hopefully, or at least it'll find its audience. Yes, has it found its audience now? It found its audience. Okay. I think it did great. Uh, in, is there any in talk the, of, in the home video market of Dread Two? Uh, uh, Netflix show. Oh, but yeah. but none of the creators of this film. Well, yeah, involved. no, no, no. It's going to be they're they're going to be involved in it. Carl Urban keeps fans updated because Carl Urban totally wants to do more. Does he want this. to? He loves this character. Why don't they just fucking give it to him? Are yeah. they going to get somebody better than Carl Urban, I'd, who's I'd, already played him successfully? Uh, Stallone. <laughs> no, uh, no. I think that I, I see. I don't want to say for sure because mm-hmm. I don't know for sure. But the last thing I saw, they were looking at doing a TV show because. It was supposed to make so much money, yeah. and then they could have done a sequel, and they came short of that goal. But this did awesome in home video. I like bet. People fucking bought the shit out of this DVD and Blu-ray. It's a great uh, home theater test Blu-ray. It really disc. is. Uh, and so uh, so it's, it's done well in that market, and so that's convinced some people like, hey, maybe we should do a TV show of it. I would rather see a movie. Yeah, I don't think we need to have a TV. But show. But here's of the Dread. problem: when when you're relating to the Anderson character, like she's kind of the constant that takes you through this film. Like without her or without a character like that, I'm not really interested in another. I don't want to. I don't want another story just about dread. I kind of feel like I get that character. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's more in the comic book, and maybe they they flesh him out a little bit. I think there's a way to do it and still and still have that character, right. and have the Anderson character to kind of be your conduit into this world. I'd give it a shot. Um. I think there's definitely a way to do it. I just think that if you do make another dread, he's going to have to be a little bit more of a focal point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they'll have to do something to try to make him more relatable. The world is and also... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. The world is a vampire. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say the world is uh, just this side of unbelievable. I mean, there's many different takes on these kind of post-apocalyptic... From Boston to Washington, D.C. Yeah, exactly. The entire world has been blown up. But And so, in response to that, like our, our saving grace is we build these huge mega cities. Like, that's where we're living because there's so yeah. much radiation around. Yeah, that. on rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> they, built, they built those mega cities. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem like that's how... It, that's the post-apocalyptic. That's, that's post-apocalyptic. That's how it was in the books. I know. And the thing is... And and I see where you're coming from, and it makes sense. This is the kind of thing like it makes more sense for a comic book, you know. When you yeah. translate that to a movie, you're like, "What? Yeah. Well, why? Why haven't you tried to settle other things? Like, why are why is the only answer is to now cram everybody into a smaller space? <laughs> I feel that way about the Hunger Games too. Yeah. I'm like, really, there's a world war, and so the way that they're going to uh, have peace is there's we now have the American Idol of, <laughs> of, of survival. We've got Running Man. Yes, on for seven oh, man. seasons. The Running Man. Yeah, I don't think that's how it's going to play out. Really, we should do that movie. The Running Man. <laughs> we We've done that movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen to our Running Man episode from oh gosh, a couple of years ago now, right? Yeah. Speaking of uh, Sly Stallone ago. slash Arnold Schwarzenegger. 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 He should he should be the next judge. The Dredd. next Dread. <laughs> yes. And then uh, you couldn't even speak. Sly Stallone will be the next Terminator. 
where we go, dude. Yeah. Dude, can right? we do that? Recast. Can we make that happen? <laughs> uh, no, no more Terminator. Let's let it die. It really does. It needs to die. Please, they, stop. I mean... They've had too many chances. They keep ruining them. You had the first Terminator, which was it wasn't bad. It's very dated. Terminator Two, the best. Eh. No, it's the best. I mean, no, Terminator. it's the best of the Terminator movies. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I still have like I don't think it's the perfect film that a lot of people touted as being. No, but uh, and, and most of that's because of Eddie Furlong. It's a James Cameron film. Oh I yeah, can't stand that fucking can't get behind kid, that man. kid. No, but he, I was going to Tashi Station to pick up some power Exactly, murders. he castrates the fucking Terminator. Um. No, I, I dude, let, let's just get it. I I liked this movie. What did Dread do right? Uh, for me, uh, it looks beautiful. It's a cinematography. It's, it's that slow mo, and I love how they've worked uh, the the use of slow mo into the story. It's not just uh, uh, it's not just the next Zack Snyder film. Uh-huh. Where we're gonna slow down so we can see Pat, Batman punch some dude in the face. Yeah, um, there's a there's a story behind it. Kind of makes you think a little bit, but it is it's gorgeous to look at, man. Yeah, it is really well shot. The production value. Um, uh, it, it it did a good job of transporting you to that uh, to that future, that uh-huh. post apocalyptic world. Uh, yeah, what I about agree. You? What I thought Dread did right, um, I think that the movie was fantastically cast. Yeah, uh, it's it's a movie that looked at its predecessor and went, "Where did we go wrong?" <laughs> and it <laughs> let me count. It the kind ways. of it kind of did what we do, and it was like, yeah. "All right, what did Judge Dread do right?" <laughs> Let's keep some of that. Oh, the gun, the gun that people can't touch. All yeah, right, yeah. Uh, what did it do wrong? Rob Schneider. All right, <laughs> let's not have that. So no Rob Schneider in this movie. Yes. Uh, no, I thought that it was it was really well cast, but I think the thing that that I loved the most about this movie is that it it, it knew what it was, and it was paying homage to the movies that were like it. That it was trying to, I wouldn't say emulate. But we talked about earlier, like Die Hard yeah. and Escape from New York. I mean, this movie even had kind of like a score that was a little synthy, yeah, like Escape like from Escape. New York. Especially when the, there's a point where they're kind of talking about like how the the building is set up, and it's like from these down here, oh, you know, right. this floor to this floor is this, yep. this floor to this floor, and it almost sounded like a John Carpenter kind of score in the background uh, while they were outlining it. I was cool. like, well, that's kind of clever. Uh, so I I like that. I like that uh, it. It was a self-aware of what it was uh, without being tongue-in-cheek about it. Uh, what did Dread do wrong? Oh, it, just what I said before about um, it not really trying to have a bigger message. It wasn't treading new new. new no, ground. yeah, um, which is fine. Not everything has to. But the the way you were lauding this film, I guess I was expecting, you were expecting more, a little more, uh, a, l- a little a little something that would resonate with me story wise that I could take away because I never really bought into this Judge Dread world anyway, uh-huh. uh, and that's thanks to the previous film. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna give it another chance to kind of win me over into this world, and maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's something deeper in the story. And no, there's not. It's just a kick ass action yeah. film. Yeah. Um, I guess my criticism of what I thought Dread did wrong. Uh, it, it's not really a fair criticism because this movie, like you just said, you know, it, it knows what it is and it, it's a kick-ass movie, straightforward. Uh, what's funny is that this movie came out the same time this movie, The Raid Redemption, had come out. Oh, yeah. Both films kind of have this similar theme of like the hero is in a building trying to make their way to like, mm-hmm. you know, the final boss or whatever. And everybody was like, oh, Dread stole from The Raid or The Raid stole from Dread. And it's just not true. Like, these movies were being produced at the same exact time. It's just a weird coincidence that, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> these two movies that came out in the same year had kind of the same thing going on. Um, but getting back to what I felt like Dread did, quote, unquote, wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with Dread, because I'm familiar with, like, the backstory and the source material, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of wish that this movie wasn't claustrophobic and set in one location for an hour and a half. Uh, there is a rich world for Dread, and it kind of, I feel like it would be something that would solve your problem with it mm. if we had Dread, you know, something that was a little more sprawling, something that kind yeah. of spanned the mega city a little bit more, and we got to in, interact with, like, the Angel family that was in the Judge Dread movie with Stallone, where you had Mean Machine that had his, oh, the, yeah. the dial and yeah. stuff. That's a fucking character from the book. That's these, right. These that are whole characters family. from the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it would have been cool to see him interact with some of these. Like, there's. There was this story in the Dread books, and it was about like the the four horsemen, mm. and like there are evil judges. Those magicians from Now You See exactly. Me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there are evil judges, and they're supernatural, and they're all based on the four horsemen of the apocalypse. What? So you've got like Judge Wrath, Judge you know Played by Oscar Isaac, yeah. and Judge Death, 
And Judge Death is kind of like the Joker to Judge Dredd. Ooh. And they've they've had some fucking epic stories where Dredd has had to fight this supernatural Judge hmm. Death. Uh, that's something I would love to see. But well, I feel like... They were saving with, them for the sequels. I, well, I don't know about saving it for the sequels because I feel like with the world that we've created for this, it's so hyper-real. It's as hyper-real as it is hyper-violent. Mm-hmm. And if you, you watch Dredd, could you even imagine there being like a supernatural villain? Well, in there? we already have psychics. I don't we know why s- not. We have psychics, mm-hmm. but... A, a a walking dead judge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if there's some way that it, they can explain it away in this, I would universe, love to see it. Fine, I would love to see it. But my criticism is, I feel like they didn't leave it open to do something like that. And I wish they had explored that. We'd already seen, well, we've already seen dread, like you know, fighting to you know to survive in the Stallone version. Like, let's get something a little bit. You say that, but uh, you know what they're doing with the 21 Jump Street films? (laughs) They're melding it with Men in Black. Yeah, so 23 Jump Street, which was just going to be another, you know, straight comedy, they've decided to to merge franchises with, uh, so now it's going to be a Men in Black reboot, which I kind of think is brilliant in a way. I'm kind of digging it. I think it could totally work. Uh, Again, it's all in the execution, but those first two movies should not work at all. But yeah. then when you watch them, you're like, oh, they're fantastic. I totally get it. They're really good. They're they're just taking the premise, but they're making their own film and having fun with it. So yeah. I could see that working. So if 21 Jump Street can become Men in Black, yeah, sure, you can have The Walking Dead in Dread. Sure. The Walking, the walking Dread. Dread. <gasps> oh. Got it right, 2017. The editing <laughs> bay. <laughs> Cut that part out, Jeff. All right. So if we were going to remake Dread, even though this was a remake, <laughs> if we were going to do that now, what would we do? So I've only, luckily, this isn't a, a huge cast. There's really... There's really only four main players, and even that's being generous. But I did five. Okay. Uh, My lowest man on the totem pole is that blind Domnall Gleeson. Domnall Gleeson. IT guy, basically, Uh uh, who's the crony. (laughs) Have you powered off and then powered on again? (laughs) How about, uh, so so poor poor Domnall Gleeson. When we were were going to see Ghost in the Shell, Mm -hmm. and they showed the trailer for It, which looks fucking amazing, by the way. It's fucking terrifying. It looks so good. And guys, like, I am convinced after seeing this trailer... I'm convinced that they're trying to tie this in with the Dark Tower world. Yeah. Like, this is for real. And I know, like, if you've read the Stephen King books, yes, everything that he's written is tied into the Dark Tower. But, like, visually, this is fucking... It's a little different, and it seems like this might kind of... I don't think they're going to MCU it. Well, you say that, but isn't that... That's the new franchise. That, that's what, that what we do nowadays do? in film. Yeah, you they're don't... Gonna, Oh, you don't man. just make one film and if then sequelize it. If they yeah. fucking MCU this thing, <laughs> why not? I'm gonna have such a fucking boner in that fucking movie theater. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it'd be awesome. <laughs> My boner would Your be boner, awesome. Yeah, it'd be great to. <laughs> uh, but no, when that when that trailer was done, I turned over to uh, to Sarah and I was like, "Have you powered it off and then on again?" <laughs> and she's like, "What?" I go, "The, the, the IT crowd." <laughs> she's like, "Oh." <laughs> Uh, good all times. Right, all right, I'm sorry, I cut you off. So the Domino Gleason character. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so he's he's the IT guy, uh, and he's so just like jumpy and twitchy and spazzy that yeah. I couldn't help but uh, think of Jesse Eisenberg ah. playing that role. Oh yes, <laughs> the Lex Luthor, or better known as Joker 2.0. Yeah, <laughs> from fucking. Have, oh yeah, you you saw Batman versus. Superman. Oh, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you saw it long before I did. What do you think about the Justice League? I like the the trailer seems okay. My problem with the fucking DC properties is that the trailers don't look too bad. Mm-hmm. But then I start trying to think of like the substance that they're going right. to have to put into it. Yet to produce. And I just don't think that they're going to be able to do that. No, not with Zack Snyder behind the helm, it seems. Nope. nope. And I think I think Ben Affleck sees the fucking writing on the oh, wall. Oh, I know. And that's why he keeps like fucking stepping down. And today they announced like 2019 is when The Batman is going to come out. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm like, I wonder if Ben Affleck's like just trying to put this shit off. Like, well, I don't I, know. I thought I, I read somewhere that there were going to be like four Batman films, but they were just like filmed back to back to back. And that feels well, very ba- much ba- like back to back to back. <laughs> it feels very much like let's just fulfill this contract. Yeah, and get and him the all fuck out of here. Move on with our lives. Uh, all right. So the Domino Gleason character. Yes. I uh, I cast Nicholas Holt. Oh, who yeah. plays Beast yeah. in the newer X Men films. Another good nerd. Uh, and he was also in Warm Bodies. Oh, he's great in that. He plays R. I actually like that film a lot. Dude, it's a great movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's It's Romeo and Juliet with zombies. It's Romeo and Juliet with zombies. And that was funny. I pointed that out to somebody and they're like, what? I was like, dude, there's even the fucking balcony scene. There's, I think that was me. It's Romeo and Juliet. Oh, was it? <laughs> you may, that may have been me you had to point that out to. <laughs> uh, it, it was very clever. So, yeah, no, I, I totally dug that. Yeah, Nicholas Holt is my Domino Gleason. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Uh, K, K is the next on my list. So K, played by Wood Harris originally. I had never heard of him before, but he's great in this. Uh, really very menacing. Um, and while this actor isn't menacing, uh, he's kind of the new hotness right now, having just starred in uh, in the, the runaway hit Get Out. Get Out. And the actor's name is Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya it uh-huh. looks like. Uh, but he plays the the main character in Get Out. And, gotcha. uh, man, that guy's great. Yeah, he's really good. So I'd like to see him in this role. I was really worried about that movie. Like, I, I, the, the, the trailers look cheesy. It did a little bit. And, I was like, what? And after Keanu, which I was not a fan of Keanu. Keanu was definitely the movie they were forced to make. So he could make Get Out. You think so? Uh huh. Oh yeah. Like just, I, I feel I was like disappointed he went to the that studios was... and they're like, "You want us to let you do what? You got you have to give us something else first. We All need right. your comedy. We need a comedy. We need Key and Peele. And I liked Keanu. Okay, um, I didn't. But Get Out definitely seemed like. All right, you gave us this. Now we'll let you take take. Yeah, the, the I'm, I'm excited to follow uh, follow his career. And see what God, else he has in him. So good. Uh, but yeah, so that actor is great, and he's my recast. Okay. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o. No, I didn't. <laughs> I went the Tyrese Gibson. Oh yeah, oh, as my K. Nicely done. Yeah. Uh, next, I have Mama. I have Mama as well. Mama, played by uh, Sarah Connor herself, Nina Headley, uh-huh. in this film. I well, thought a, a good choice for this role would be Charlize Theron. Ooh, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. she's played a bitch before. I uh, yeah. Did you and see the uh, the trailer for the new Fast and Furious? No, it's uh, what Fate is it? of the Fury. Um, uh, it just came out today. Atomic Blonde, no. new trailer that came out today, starring no. starring her. It kind of has a, like a Kill Bill kind of feel, Bill. but she's just uh, she's kicking ass. She's a badass bitch. Nice, nice, nice pull. The B word. I went nice. with. Uh, That's good. Sorry, no, but I mean like an endearing way. Wow. Like, like you're my bitch. I bet uh, you should. <laughs> we should call it. <laughs> That's not endearing at all, is it? <laughs> Well, I went with... Uh, Talk to many feminists. And they'll be like, oh, we get it, Joel. <laughs> he means uh, it in a good way. Listen, sometimes they, they, they went around proclaiming themselves as nasty women. So how, what, how about that if I say Charlize Theron? A, a nasty, nasty woman. woman. Uh, another nasty woman, sometimes, <laughs> is uh, Juliette Lewis. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. From... Uh, from uh, uh, Natural Born Killers. I was going to say Jason and the Argonauts, but I mean Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> Jason and the Argonauts. Gem and the Argonauts. That's a cool movie. Juliette Lewis. Yeah, Juliette Lewis is great. Yeah. She's also in Cape Fear. Yeah. She had that weird, really weird scene where she kept sucking on Robert De Niro's Ew. thumb. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, so dude. Disturbing. Yeah, that happened. Uh, all right, be a next. Huckleberry. I've got Anderson, Judge Anderson. Anderson. What do you have? Anderson. I have... Uh, so, you did not like a film... Uh, <laughs> there are many that I don't like. <laughs> but one particular... Uh, particular. Sp- 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 <laughs> I combined a specific with particular. Oh, I thought it was... Sp- uh, spectacular One spe- and particular. Particular, particular. Particular, Was uh, was called Tomorrowland, directed by oh, Brad Bird. Uh, and while I don't appreciate a hundred percent of the movie, I appreciate a hundred percent of Britt Robertson, the star. If uh, if you're not including George Clooney uh, of Tomorrowland, and so I think she'd be a great Anderson. You know, I would not include George Clooney. Ah, uh, no, not as the star. Okay. But uh, but uh, hey, Keegan Michael Key is in that movie. He is. Yes. <laughs> so there's a saving That's grace. A good point. Uh, I went with Zoe Kravitz as Judge oh, Anderson. Oh, she's so. Oh my gosh, she looks just like her too. And I kind of. Well, no, she doesn't. She kind of does. Zoe Kravitz does not look like Olivia. Oh, Thrubby. I'm thinking of a different Zoe. You're yeah. talking. This is this is Lenny Kravitz. This daughter. is Lenny Kravitz. No, you're right. She does not look. Like <laughs> she her. doesn't look like. Her. <laughs> but I appreciate how colorblind you are now, Joel. Get out. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Uh, which leaves me with Dread. Yeah. Dread is my, fi- my final casting. And, you uh, you, I don't want to say you can put anybody in here, because you can't, but um, there, there are a number of actors who, uh, who would fill that mold. I almost went with John, ha- John Hamm originally, because uh-huh. he, uh, he's, he's, he's got that kind of stoic yeah. feel about him. And he's a madman. But he's, uh, he's also barrel-chested. I can't really see him fitting into that costume. But uh, somebody who's a specimen. Is uh, Superman, Man of Steel himself, Henry Cavill. Yeah, that's how, true. How about him as Dread? He's got I that strong chin. He's got a little divot in his I chin. Think that's, a, that's a really good idea. Very recognizable. Thank you. I feel like I did better. Ooh, let's hear it. Tom Hardy. <laughs> I knew it. Of course. Tom really? Is that your real Hardy pick? Tom Hardy is Dread. Of course. It's obvious. Yeah. Why not? Uh, obviously, mine directed by George Miller. Mm. This oh. whole thing just basically being the only person that's in this cast that wasn't in Fury Road is oh, Tyrese Gibson. My, oh, so it's a, it's a whole Fury Road thing. I didn't even catch it. Yeah. Nicely done. Thank you. I did not have a theme. <laughs> and you didn't have a my director. My theme was awesomeness. Do you have a director? I don't have a director. No. Oh, well, that's fun, too. Uh, let me come up with one. Um, F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright would make a great fucking dread film. Yeah. It would be a little kooky. Yeah. I, but this the story already is a little kooky. <laughs> but in, here's the thing. 
I feel like Edgar Wright being a Brit and being familiar, no doubt familiar with Judge Dredd, I think he'd probably give us a great story. Yeah. If anyone could make the Dredd movie with Judge Death, it's Edgar Wright. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, has a familiarity with zombies. Uh, guys, if you have any thoughts about Dread or thoughts about our recasting or what we've had to say about it, if we've uh, overlooked something that you wanted us to mention and we just didn't, now's your chance uh, to get us back on track so we could talk about that. Uh, just go to our Facebook page in the search bar, put in the editing bay. That's going to bring up that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes, and that's where you could talk back to us and uh, and let us know. Let us know your thoughts and what you want us to talk about in the future. We've also got a website, right, Joel? Sure do. It's editingbay.com. If you go there, you ever wonder, uh, oh, what's their face? Facebook page. What's your Twitter handle? Where can I buy some awesome Editing Bay merch, like a t-shirt that I could wear to support my favorite podcast? Well, that would be at EditingBay.com. Like I said, we've got links to our Facebook page there. You can follow us on our Twitter handle, which is at The Editing Bay. And of course, there's a little page there for all of our past episodes. You want to listen to our Judge Dread episode from late 2016, uh, look that one up. Uh, so yeah, you can find it all on editingbay.com. I didn't break the law. I am the law. <laughs> I am the law. <laughs> Guys, if you would be so kind as to leave us a rating would and you a review. Would you kindly? Bioshock, <laughs> yeah. man. Oh, have you have you started playing it? No, I just know that. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, spoilers. Yeah, no shit. So um, yeah, if you, if you listen to our podcast, you enjoy our podcast, um, you know, if, if sometimes we make you laugh, and this isn't exactly the funniest episode we've ever done, <laughs> but if we make you laugh in the past, uh, you know, you can always give us a rating and a review. Get to your, uh, your podcasting application on your Apple device and uh, go ahead and put the editing bay in. And that uh, right there lets you uh, go ahead and leave us a rating. And you can also leave us a real review. Mm-hmm. Uh, five-star rating would be fantastic. And in your review, let us know what you like about the show or if there's something that you, you know, would think we could do better as long as it's creative criticism <laughs> thank you constructive criticism i don't like that joe guy yeah he like talks that's, funny that's not gonna help because <laughs> i'm not going anywhere you got new legs lieutenant <laughs> i don't know why i made my you got no legs force gump all of a sudden <laughs> uh Ooh, yeah. coming soon to an episode you of can, the is it really force gump fuck yeah boom 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 Boom, 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 boom. Because that song is actually in it when they yeah. open up on the Vietnam scene. Absolutely. Uh, and then we could finally stop doing that. <laughs> so, no, leave us a rating and review on the podcasting app. That would be fantastic. If you don't have an Apple device, uh, no worries. You can always uh, subscribe to us through iTunes by using the Podcast Addict or Podcast Republic apps mm-hmm. for your Android. Mm. Um, all right. So, what are we going to do next week? Well, Joe, uh, last year about this time, when we were coming up on uh, the unfair. 420 holiday, which if you know what that means, that's uh, those who uh, who part- partake in the marijuana cigarettes Sade. sometimes uh, like to do it at a specific time. This would have been a good one to watch. Oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> no, actually, movies. I don't think I'm <laughs> I made the mistake of watching um, uh, what were we talking about earlier? The George um, uh, Fury Road, Fury Road, you yes. watched Stone? I was I was impaired. I think there's a difference though. Fury Road didn't have like the weird like slow mo scenes. It did. It did have some slow mo in it. No, Had not like not like this. It didn't have that. It wasn't part of the story, but it was still part of the it visuals. Didn't, it didn't have that. Like for slow mo when it was doing the. They took the drug and it was like whoa. No, I'm saying it wasn't that slow. But I'm saying there's a lot of slow mo in Fury Road. Oh no, they're just saying it wasn't there is. part of the story. It just wasn't yeah. part of the story. Doesn't matter. But it's it all visual. It wasn't that crisp. All right. Okay. I'll have to go back and watch it. You're gonna have to. I've only seen it the one You're time. You have to watch Dread. And and Fury Road, <laughs> like at the same time, at the same. That feels like some time. some Clockwork Orange type. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to pry my eyelids open. It's torture. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so Stone Stoner movie. <laughs> stoner movie. So last year we did uh, Pineapple Express because it's one of the uh, one of the ultimate stoner movies. Uh, and this year I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> celebrate We're again. Do Midnight Express. <laughs> Who wants to watch a guy in a Turkish prison? <laughs> Oh, I'm thinking of... Uh, Midnight Run? Midnight Run. Yeah, no. Completely, <laughs> completely different, different movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm going with uh, a little film. Joe, we usually release uh, our episodes. You hear new episodes if you're a subscriber. You hear them every Wednesday. Uh, but next Wednesday, we'll be talking about Friday. Hey! This is the... Uh, it's Friday. Not Friday. Not Friday. Not Rebecca get Black down Friday. Friday. Talking about Friday with Ice Cube. Uh, Ice Cube? It's, it's Ice Cube. Ice Cube. And Chris Tucker. <laughs> and Chris Tucker. Who, and, oh, oh! Uh, and Zeus. Speaking of Tiny Chris Tucker. Tiny Zeus Lister. Yes, yes. Hold me closer, Tiny Lister. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Chris Rock. Um, which makes me think of the Fifth Element, which Chris I recently Chris Rock isn't in this at no, all. Chris Rock, Chris Tucker. God damn it, <laughs> Chris Tucker, uh, who plays Ruby Rod in Fifth Element. Um, oh, oh, look at my shirt. I, I noticed you it. Like it. Yeah, Lilu. 
Yeah. Lilu Dallas. God, I wish I liked that movie more. Corbin I'd wear that shirt too. Multipass. Do you really not like Fifth Element? No. Well, maybe we would have enjoyed this. the Fifth Element burlesque that I saw over the weekend. Yeah. Did I tell you about what? that? What? Yeah. So, uh, a little burlesque <laughs> Wait, company what? did a Fifth, Fifth Element themed burlesque. Like, did everyone dress up like Lilu? No. Well, there was a Lilu to be were sure. Like, were they sexy like those big those big aliens? That there's were like, a, <laughs> aside from those guys, there's a lot of uh, kind of sexy outfits. What about in there. the uh, the diva? Did someone did the diva? Of course, you're going to do burlesque. Got to have the diva, and then uh, also the did uh, they pull stones out of her belly? The, you know, they didn't get that graphic she, with it. it was wasn't, they didn't have that much of a budget she just like sat down did the ping pong ball trick <laughs> that was my <laughs> but she my did fourth stone element tablets. stone tablet trick um <laughs> hitting people in the front row <laughs> that's stone one of my tablets. favorite parts of that south park <laughs> where you just see the face it's like, and like nobody <laughs> nobody applauds i love when they come back to it though and it's just her hitting the balls with the paddle <laughs> yes. oh my god uh, where was I going with that? <laughs> you fifth element oh, burlesque. burlesque. No, but they also had the uh, the flight attendant. Remember the little skimpy outfits that the flight yes. attendants are wearing? Was when there flying to Floston Paradise? Was there a chick dressed like Corbin Dallas? There was a chick dressed like Corbin. That's weird. And then they, there was a uh, a Ruby Rod. A Ruby Rod. A, so, well, he's already kind of a cross dresser in that film anyway. Hey Corbin, my man. Hey Corbin, come on. What about, what about Luke Perry? Do they go so far as to have like the flashback Luke Perry? No, sadly, or or thankfully, there was no. Uh, Luke Perry, but I appreciated it. You can always work a little little 90s sci-fi why did films. They, why did they put names on just a couple of the elements that are on, on my shirt? t-shirt? That yeah. is so fucking annoying. Uh, listeners, I'm going to take a picture of my t-shirt because I was pointing that out this morning to Jenna. I was like, two of the elements are labeled. But Three the of t- them. Well, yeah, if you count Lilu. Of course, she's the fifth one. <laughs> but I mean, of the, of the elements that are commonly known. Actually, she's not, though, because they, they say, like, the fifth element is love. That's right. Love. Not Lilu. Mm-hmm. It's love. But it, she represents. So so you had a good time. at the, the... I had a great time, man. Yeah. yeah. Did you take any photos? No, no. I think they frown upon that. <laughs> <laughs> they throw you out. You didn't get, but, like, afterwards, you didn't get to take, like, photos with, like, no. the Lilu performer or something? Nah, no. There's, there's, Did there's... it make the fifth element better to see, like, Lilu's tits? Well, it's kind of like uh, the ultimate fantasy fulfillment, right? Because who hasn't watched that film and was like, eh, I'm going to right-click save as, put that into the spank <laughs> paint for later. <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I no? No, not really. Not, not a Mila not Jovovich fan? A Mila Kunis fan, but Ooh. not really a Mila Jovovich. Yeah. Body shaped like a boy. Uh, all right, so we're going to talk about Friday so next week. So we're going to do Friday next week. That's good. That sounds fun. Uh, is that on any uh, streaming service? That you I'm not quite sure, but uh, I can help you out. Okay. You have any issues. But what about our listeners? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Well, if you're a listener to this film, uh, you should seek it out, either by uh, legal means or otherwise. Uh, and prepare for next week's episode. All right, cool. So uh, thank you very much, Jeff. Uh, Joel, always yeah. a pleasure. No, the pleasure's all mine. And guys, we'll see you next week for Friday. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.